From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas here with you with our co-host and producer Elaine Harlan and our predecessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl. Al Ramsey uh, with us here as well. And uh, this is a, a special month for those of us here at Lighthouse Live and Advancing Vibrant Communities. We are celebrating our 10th anniversary of ministry here in the Modesto area. And uh, we were just talking to our guest, Elaine, about the fact that uh, Mr. Owl over here really helped birth AVC uh, by Sweet. praying for, what was it, like five, six hours straight in the parking lot at uh, our... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you were. And uh, such wonderful things have uh, come out of that as we've responded to uh, God's call to help the church get out of the four walls uh, into the community to serve. And we're going to be talking about that tonight. You know, there's so many good things happening, and oftentimes those don't make headlines, but we're going to talk about some of those tonight uh, with our guests, and we'll be introducing you to them shortly. Right now, though, let's check with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with news about some more real-life Jesus freaks. The Voice of the Martyrs has a surprising explanation for the recent dramatic increase in Christian converts in Mali, a landlocked country in Western Africa. The revival began with a handful of new converts fleeing to VOM-sponsored safe houses to hide from their Muslim families. While there, they didn't just cower in darkness, they flourished. Through Bible studies, training in evangelism, and fellowship with other believers, they became national leaders eager to share the gospel with their compatriots and build the local church. For more on how secret safe houses are becoming schools for evangelists, Go online to persecution.com. You know, friends, it's very interesting. Uh, Elena, we were just talking uh, to the, just a, a great saint in our midst, Ben Jennings. Yeah, just, yes, uh, ben. just a wonderful man of God who, uh, has, has seems like been here forever in, in the Central Valley, all over the world, well known, a prayer warrior and also a, an incredible, uh, theologian and evangelist. We were talking about the fact he was in Indonesia. Uh, recently, and as you know, uh, there've been many uh, Muslim attacks on on Christianity there. And he was at a conference there, and and he said there were no uh, real you know bad incidents. But he talked to some people about some of the attacks that that happened, and he said, you know, what do you do when they come and they burn your churches down and mm. and they threaten mm. your lives? He says, no problem. And he says, what do you mean no problem? He said, no problem. When those attacks come. 
church grows. Isn't that a wonderful philosophy? He has an incredible, just an amazing thing. And of course, I mean, you look back at the the original, uh, you know, diaspora and as Mm -hmm. persecution broke out in in Jerusalem and surrounding areas and how the the body fled around the world. And uh, so God uses that, but we do uh, encourage you to pray for the persecuted church around the world and for all of those who are suffering a great deal for their faith. No problem. Let's get into our uh, Volunteer Center of the United Way's Lend a Hand list. Do you believe the third annual Betty Bell Smith Day of Service? Hey, we were there for the first one. Yeah, you remember right. that? Absolutely. Well, they're getting ready for the third one, uh, and they're inviting you to participate in the special Betty Bell uh, Smith Day of Service by building the dream of home ownership for a low-income family. Uh, with the Habitat for Humanity, Stanislaus, on Saturday, June 16th. Uh, Betty Bell inspired each of us with her generosity. She certainly did, and her giving spirit. And you can contribute to her legacy by giving something of yourself and volunteer uh, on this day of service. Volunteers ages 16 years and older will help in house construction and clean up uh, under trained supervision while uh, you build home a home and hope uh, – from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. If I'm see. swinging a hammer, you definitely you want to get need out of the good way. supervision, right, Mr. Al? <laughs> Not only supervision, you want to get the heck out of the All way. All right. You know, no, so anyway, fine. So that's enough said there. And Doctors Medical Center Foundation, we want to uh, help uh, let us remember the walk. Mm-hmm. That's going to be held uh, also on that Saturday from 10 until 1 at James C. Enoch's High School in Modesto. And all proceeds from this walk will remain local. I uh, want you to know that to support Miller's Place Alzheimer's patients right here in our county. And so They do such good work there. They do. We That's like an amazing them. service. You know, it is so physically and emotionally draining mm-hmm. to take care of a loved one who is suffering from dementia or, or Alzheimer's. And for for them to be able to go to a loving place, and, and they do a great job there, and, and they're there for a day, you know, just gives people the, the chance to recharge a little bit. And it's a wonderful facility. I encourage you to support it. You know, if you're a volunteer, even age 14 years and older are needed from uh, 8 to 1 to help set up, uh, guide the walkers and, and all of the activities to distribute refreshments needed that day to kind of supervise the bounce house. And I know this is something you love to do, Mike. I love bounce houses. You know, and why not? You know, kick the kids out. (laughs) I have a great time. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So the. Remember when we had the bounce house for Joshie's birthday? Yeah. Yeah. I almost broke it. A little heavier then. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. There's a story here, guys. But the DM- uh, were you trying to finish or something? Well, yeah, yeah okay, kind of. The DMCF improves the lives of individuals and families through quality health education and services. So we, we encourage you to get involved Amen. in this. This would be a, a good thing for you to do. Uh, on that day of service. So that would be a fun thing. And also, this is another cool thing, the West Modesto King Kennedy Neighborhood Collaborative uh, Farmer's Market opens Tuesday, June 14th. That's from 3 to 7 at Mellis Park. And the market will be open to the public every Tuesday evening through August 28th. And they're featuring fresh fruits, vegetables, vendors, healthy food corner uh, with educational and nutritional information, uh, demos, children's activities, and more. And again, volunteers are needed uh, 
out there as well, volunteers uh, during the event to help uh, children's activities, supervise oh, another bounce house and tear down, set up and all that stuff. So comfortable working, uh, be comfortable working in high energy areas. Adult volunteers will need a complete background check. The agency's mission here is to bring a cohesive and diverse group of neighbors together and to find a common ground and to build an understanding of the diverse groups so that lasting relationships, and we want to emphasize those relationships because we're all about that too, and that's going to provide a safe and healthy environment for children. Amen. So we just want to encourage you to take part in any of these. If you have any questions on this, call Barbara Borbett because she uh, loves your questions. She can be reached at 209-524-1307, extension 113. understand she's a little bit under the weather, so Mm. uh, put a little prayer in there for Barbara. 524-1307, extension 113, and she'll be happy to talk to you when she feels better. Here on uh, close to AVC, we have a single mom who needs a washing machine, and we want to emphasize a working washing machine. She's got some toddlers running around, so you can imagine how much she needs that. So, yeah, you get the picture. And we have a gentleman in Patterson who needs rides to his dialysis treatments, and we're talking life-saving mm. stuff here. He needs rides to Modesto. So if you are in Patterson or if you um, you just have a mind and a heart to want to give him rides, maybe team up with someone from your church or your business organization, whatever the case may be, and you just have a heart to do that, give us a call and we'll, uh, we'll connect you with that need. Uh, this, this man depends on this, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays of the week for his uh, life-saving dialysis treatment. And the, and the amazing thing is there's often a waiting list mm-hmm. of people trying to get <coughs> rides to their kidney dialysis Absolutely. appointments. And so uh, we really encourage you, if you have some time, to to donate to answer that call. There's a, an organization that we partner with called Turning Point. And this organization works with men and women who need a turning point in their life. Uh, and, and, and sometimes these people are in need of stuff like beds, dressers, sofas, and things to turn their lives around. And so if you have some of this stuff on hand, and, and we want to emphasize, you know, good things, you know, clean things that you wouldn't mind having uh, yourself, call us for that stuff and we'll pick it up and deliver it to these people who are turning their lives around and uh, we'll make sure it gets into their hands. 209 544 Again, our number is 209-544-9571, and uh, we'll put your your nice donations uh, to good use. And finally, we want to mention some Modesto (coughs) Prayer Watch is being facilitated Mm. by uh, the City Ministry Network and and Volunteer Modesto Prayer Watch Committee, Christian churches, ministries, and organizations who would like to participate. And if you want more information, you can go to (coughs) modestoprayerwatchatatt.net, Prayer Watch at att.net or call and leave a message at 209 575 209 And at least, what, 52 Christian churches, Mike, are getting involved? Uh, churches in and, this. and or ministries. Or, yes, ministries. Yeah, in fact, AVC, uh, yes. uh, our week will be coming up in September and uh, our serving church fellowship uh, will be coming up uh, June 17. <laughs> the idea is for every week of the year to be covered in prayer by one of our local churches or ministries. And all it takes is a phone call. They send you a wonderful little handout on, on suggestions on how to orchestrate that. But uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful movement. 
and I'm sure God will honor that. Mm, the Modesto Gospel Mission is going mm, to be there you go. involved in this also. <laughs> you know, you've heard uh, many times us talk about how important partnerships uh, are to AVC and, and very, very important in what we do here, and it's so true. And one of the precious relationships that we've had is the Modesto Gospel Mission, and they are here with us tonight with, uh, well, about, we have three men gracing this table tonight, and <laughs> just so proud that you all could be here with us. And uh, joining us this week, Corey Palmieri. Have, did I say that right, Corey? Yes, you did. Okay, great. I don't have to say it anymore. We'll just go by first names, right? And Woody Woods, and we'll, we'll just, Woody Woods, right? Did I get that right, Woody? Okay. And of course, Brad Wilson from the Modesto, <laughs> from the Modesto Gospel Mission. And thank you, gentlemen, for joining thank us you. tonight. I was watching other people on the microphone like it's, uh, it looks like a Senate hearing or something. You know, they go away from the microphone, they come close, they go away from the microphones, come close. Well, you've got cold water to drink, and right. what else do we need? You know, hey. Right. We are, we are honored to be here on, uh, except, except Except there's no stipend here. <laughs> no, no, absolutely no stipend. On the, the, the tenth anniversary, happy birthday, Michael. Thank you don't you. look a day over ten. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> God's good. Yes. <laughs> That's why he gets those letters from those people that we won't mention. We won't go into that. We won't go there, no. Well, it's great to have, have Brad with us, and we've, Thank we've you. been minist- partnering with Brad now for a couple of years, pretty much ever since you arrived for a long in the Modesto time, area. Yes, yes sir. We appreciate That's right. all your work, Brad. Thank you. And we get to attend meetings with Corey and Woody, you know, twice monthly, because you guys host these wonderful meetings at yes. the Modesto Gospel Mission. Yes. And yep. thank you for facilitating the PACT meetings. Yes. Parole well, and community team meetings that we, we have there. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. I do have yeah. a question though. Okay. Who told Wayne Davison he was allowed to retire? I don't know. I to know we did not him give him way permission to do way that. Too way yeah. too young. Way too young. What a saint. Oh. Fine job. Yes, what he's earned it. I would have what to vote saint. for that, I guess. But yeah, what a loss. I did not hear that. Yeah. yeah. Ouch. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I guess yeah. you weren't present at that yeah, meeting. Yeah, I would be crying. It was just yeah. a... Corey, I think Corey, Woody, yeah, and myself, we were last, all crying. Last I, pack I yeah, it was just, just a terrible thing, but yeah. I mean, a good thing for him, but he's yeah. given so much of his life. Yes, and, and he will to continue. The, he too. will. Yeah, no doubt. So that's his heart. He will. Yeah. But you know, these meetings that take place, these men and women who are released from the prison systems, and it's all about reducing recidivism rate, and, and people right. who have been there, done that, and we do have a couple of men with us tonight who have done that very thing, and Corey and, and Woody, I want to thank you for all that you mean to the packed meetings because when you stand up and you share your stories with these men and women who are being released from the prison systems, they know that you know what you're talking about because you resonate with them. They resonate with you because you've been there and you have, God has changed your life. Corey, when you stood up that day and you talked about coming from where they come from, I'm just, my jaws are dropping because I didn't know that. And now you are chaplains. Pastor Mike is a chaplain. You guys are chaplains. It's pretty amazing what God can do in your life. And, and, and you came from humble, I mean, you're you're a very humble man now, but you came from absolutely their beginnings. If I don't get a chance to tell my story, a lot of times that you would never know, but that's how much God's changed me. You Where know. did you come from? <laughs> Share with our listeners what it was well, like okay. in the beginning for you. All right. I was raised up uh, down in San Bernardino, California. Uh, at the age of 14, I started uh, smoking weed, uh, dropping out of school, uh, never finished junior high, never went to high school. I uh, took to the streets. Something about the streets just was uh, appealing to me, and, and I was attracted to that. So, uh, at the age of 16, <clears throat> excuse me, 
I landed up in juvenile hall, uh, ditching school, smoking weed. Uh, came from a good household, brought up proper, but it was a choice that I chose, you know. And uh, once I got into it, I didn't know really how to get out of it, you know. And it revolved from 16 all the way to my teenage years, uh, smoking PCP daily uh, till I lost my best friend on PCP, quit smoking PCP, was jumped into a neighborhood gang. Uh, and thought that was my life, you know, uh, never knew nothing about God, never knew nothing. I've seen church people, but I thought those people were crazy, you know, uh, raised up Catholic all my life. I remember my grandmother giving me the elbow next to me, get up. Cause that's all I would do was sleep, you know? <laughs> so then I would be back down on the streets and the homeboys and the, the homegirls. And it just took a, I just chose a life of crime and, and that, that, Whatever you want to call it, thug life, just that gang affiliation, a gang mentality. It just was really, I was drawn to that. How violent did it get for you, Corey? Uh, I've been shot, stabbed three times, tied up, stuck in a trunk, uh, beat down, unconscious, uh, dropped off in front of my mom's house in the back of a pickup truck, unconscious onto the ground, and then... Two days later, come to my mom had already taken me to the had a CAT scan, all that, all that medical, and uh, and I don't know. I just uh, I'd go right back to it. I was uh, twenty one years old. Uh, I know I was twenty five years old when I first went to prison. I uh, went to county jail mostly all my life, but uh, I was twenty five. I went to uh, Chino State Prison. For the first time, that was November twenty fifth of uh, two thousand and one, nineteen ninety. No, that was two. No, eighty nine. The two twenty fifth of November eighty nine. So I went to prison for five years, eight months, mm-hmm. for GTA, uh, Grand Theft Auto, uh, two counts of sales, and uh, stolen credit cards. What changed your life? <laughs> Well, I was in and out of jail all my life. My mom always told me, what are you going to do when we're dead? You know, and I never really, I never really thought about it. I just chose the streets. You know what I mean? I never knew nothing about God. I never knew nothing. You know, uh, I knew the devil because I served the devil to the fullest. And I seen the devil in my dreams. I seen the devil in flask of dope. Uh, got very involved, very much so in methamphetamine and the whole aspects of it, making it, dealing it, uh, using it, uh, it was 1999. I had just got out of, I just discharged my prison number in 96 and I picked up a year in San Bernardino County Jail. And my mom had passed away and I just, uh, didn't really care. And, uh, I went, did a year in San Bernardino County Jail, uh, picked up an aggravated assault while I was inside that county jail and I did a little bit more time. Got out in 97. My brother's wife, my mom had passed away. They sold her house. They didn't want me living with them. Because it's just seen my lifestyle growing up with my mom. So I went to Oregon with my grandmother and uh, just met the, the evil company. First Corinthians 15.33 states evil company corrupts good character. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know nothing about the word of God or I didn't know nothing about serving them or having a personal relationship with God. And uh, got started using it in Oregon, got kicked out of my brother's house. And I came to Modesto in 1999, and I went to, uh, I was up seven days on methamphetamine. I went to sleep at my little brother's house, 
And his wife was waking me up. Get your stuff together. We're taking you to shelter. I'm like, what? Let me talk to my brother. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we prayed about it. We can't help you. God can. So they took me to Modesto Gospel Mission in 1999, August 12th of 1999. And that's where I met the Lord. I met the Lord in a clothing room up in the homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. And I know God's not a God to be challenged, says in the word. But I challenged God and, and, uh, I said, if I, if I don't get off my knees after saying a sinner's prayer, take this racism, this hate, I'm just going to give everything to God and, mm-hmm. and challenge him and give him a try. If you're the God that everybody says that you are, if I don't feel different when I get off my feet, I'm leaving. Mm. And when I got up off my feet from saying that sinner's prayer, it was like big burn, big weight was lifted off my shoulders, and I felt like light as a feather. Wow. So even though that I wasn't uh, familiar with God, sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> even though that I wasn't a knowledgeable God, that's when I did perk my interest, and something has to be. You know what I mean? The way I felt, uh, there was no mistake. You know what I mean? That was the Holy Spirit, you know? So since then, God's really just been doing big things in my life. I mean, I went from a dope fiend, convict, to being a chaplain, being a licensed minister in a men's program. But we just built a 20-bed detox building, which now I'm, you know, I, uh, I'm over that. And it's just amazing what, what I get to do every day. Is, you know, get to, I get to encourage people. I get to tell them about Jesus. I get to be an example. I get to biblically counsel them. I get to let them know that, hey, if I could do it, you can do it. You know what I mean? And my whole thing about it is I'm a Exodus chaplain and that's part of our new life program is the Exodus part. Before you become a disciple, you got to go through Exodus 30 days. It's a blackout, you know, on site church. After 30 days, you get to free day. You get to go leave property you get to go to find a church of your own and you get passed on to to the other two chaplains which is ones with us today is woody wood and chaplain kevin so it's just like uh, i get to be a a big part of their first 30 days you know what i mean just getting them to stick it out oh i feel like leaving i feel like leaving now you can make it brother you can make it brother mm-hmm. and, and just showing them and just loving on them you know talk about a life transformation i never yeah. met or experienced love like I experienced God's love. Mm. And there ain't no homeboy, no worldly relationship out there that could ever replace that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, the enemy gives us a counterfeit mm. version of that, yeah. you know, on, on, on the streets. Just, just curious, uh, Corey, and you, know, you talk to some kids, and, you know, what do you see for the future? What's your dream? And then they'll tell you college and a job and getting married and family. In the spot you were, Growing up, what did the future, what did your dreams look like to you when you're in the midst of using and the gang lifestyle and and in and out of prison? What, what did those words mean to you, future and, and dreams? I didn't, you know, honestly, I never really thought about a future. Hmm. I thought about $1,000 in my pocket every day, hmm. dealing dope, riding around in a nice car. Another high. Another mm-hmm. high, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just flashing that, gold jewelry, mm-hmm. all that. That was... That was my future. You know what I mean? I never had an education. Never had my, went to high school. I did all that at the Modesto Gospel Mission. Got my high school diploma. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where I had a chance to, to learn who I really was and fall in love with myself. Before I hated everybody. Yeah. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that so ever believed in him that he would not perish and have a, have a life like mine. And now you know? he's given you a new hope and a new, new desires. Uh, you know what I, 
kind of chip on that. I think, man, why can't I have met Jesus back then? You know what I mean? Why can't I have, you know, just did the church thing and fell in love with Jesus back then? But it's for a time, it's for such a time as this. Right. And isn't it amazing how God uses the tough stuff in our lives? He leverages it later on to bless others. I mean, you have, you have credibility with folks that I wouldn't have. You know, you can speak into their lives in ways I can't and, and God's equipped you. And I just like, you know, I just say, Lord, man, whatever, whatever. I just want to be the clay. You be the potter. Whatever you want me to do today, <clears throat> may I be obedient to what you're calling. What you're speaking to my heart, may I act upon that. You know what I mean? Because mm. I don't want to miss out on a blessing. You know what I mean? We're going to be heading into a break here in a couple of minutes. But l- let me ask you, as you're sitting in the, the pack meetings and you're looking at these guys and gals coming uh, out trying to mainstream back into society, and you're looking into their eyes. What, what do you see in their eyes as as they're sitting there? What uh, what 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 do you read in them as as you're watching them? They're they're sitting here looking at a guy that's saying that life could be better if they just turn their lives and cares over to Jesus, but they've never really ever served Jesus, mm-hmm. and they're just lost. You know what I mean? So you need to hear that. When I get a chance to talk at the pack, I mean, it's about, it's not about how many times I went back and in and out of prison, in and out of prison. I don't never talk about the stabbings, the shootings, but I just lift up Jesus. I let them know that, yeah, I went to prison. I made some bad choices in my life, but here I am. This is what I'm doing today. Hmm. And it wasn't feasible until I came to the mission. The Modesto Gospel Mission and God working through the mission, I was able to find out who I really was in Christ. Woody Wood is with us. Was your story similar to? Not at all. <laughs> no, not not at all like. Corey's. Mine was completely different. I was raised in an ideal home. Uh, grew up in the Midwest in Battle Creek, Michigan. Um, upper middle class family had everything as a kid. My. Uh, um, grew up in the church. My mom was church secretary for 20 years while I was growing up. And, uh, so church was my second home. I, I, w- I was raised in the church, uh, after school, stopped by the church, see mom on the way home. And, uh, during the summer, my grandparents owned cottages out on a lake outside of town. As soon as school was out, we packed up, go out to the cottages, spend the summer out there. So I had an ideal, I had an ideal childhood. But as soon as I could start making my choices, I started making the wrong choices. Mm. So even, even with the church background, even with the ideal childhood, once I started making my choices, I made the wrong choices. Uh got in involved in in drugs when I was a teenager. Um graduated high school and joined the Navy when I was eighteen. Uh, I was in the Navy from nineteen seventy one to nineteen seventy five. And at the time got more involved in drugs because of the Navy. Um, was stationed on board a ship in San Diego, did two um, Western Pacific tours, um, spent uh, about a year and a half 
in uh, Western Pacific and uh, got heavily involved in drugs in the Navy. And when I got out, I continued my involvement in drugs. Uh, I was living in San Diego. I was married to my high school sweetheart. Um, went to work for San Diego Gas and Electric, working in their power plants, working in, uh, working on an overhaul crew that traveled around to the different power plants and did the major overhauls on their, uh, on their, uh, major, um, steam generating or electrical generating units and my life was great except i was still involved with drugs and still involved with that lifestyle and at 24 i i got busted and went to prison until i was 29 um which pretty much ended my ideal life uh we had a a son that was three years old when I was busted. Uh, never saw him again until two years ago. And he is um, 37. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's... Um, but when I got out, when I, the five years that I did... The only thing that instead of it being a wake-up call and instead of it being something that to get my attention, it just reinforced everything I was doing before. When I got out, I went right back into the same lifestyle, uh, got married to uh, my second wife, um, but was still, you know, got out, was still involved with drugs. Um, stayed out of prison for 18 years, but still was involved in the lifestyle and everything that went along with it. And finally, after... Ten years of... Uh, Ten years of marriage, my wife uh, said it was time for me to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, those drugs are a powerful hold, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. it yeah. it's yeah. we give it. You know, we give them priority in our lives. Yeah. Uh, we want to continue the rest of your story uh, after the break. Woody, just out of curiosity, uh, uh, Corey and and Woody, your your introduction to. Uh, the the drug culture was marijuana. Is that right? It started off marijuana, yeah. Okay, and that led to to other that things. led to uh, PCP. PCP. Yeah. Led to methamphetamines. I've tried it all: window pane, acid. But the only two things that really were appealing to, that I was attracted to the high, the feeling, everything was PCP and methamphetamine. Okay. Woody, what about you? What what uh, what introduced you to the drug culture? Same thing. It was, marijuana. It, marijuana is is then and still is today the gateway drug uh, for most people. Hmm. Um, I've heard a lot of people try and say that. Well, as many people use drink milk as uh-huh. that as go on to you know, <laughs> but 
But the reality is, it's the whole lifestyle and 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 the whole experience. You know, it starts out with experimentation, and and you know, progresses on through that. And it's just we open the door to alternatives. Just a moment, uh, Elaine has a musical treat for us here from, I, I think, three guys that are just absolutely incredibly blessed by God and, and just the, the spirit flows through them. And I, I love hearing their stuff. This will be a treat in just a second. Uh, but Elaine po- pointed out a, a scripture that I want to read to you right now. It's out of Hebrews 13. And, and think about this as we're listening to this story, friends. Stay on good terms with each other, held together by love. Be ready with a meal or a bed when it's needed. Why, some have extended hospitality to angels without ever having known it. Regard prisoners as if you were in prison with them. Looked on victims of abuse as if what happened to them had happened to you. Honor marriage. Guard the sacredness of sexual intimacy between wife and husband. God draws a firm line against casual and illicit sex. Don't be obsessed with getting more material things. Be relaxed with what you have, since God assured us, I'll never let you down, never walk off, and leave you. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll be back, like like Mike said. and uh, I tell you what, our musical guests resonate with being free and forgiven. As we enjoy now Phillips, Craig, and Dean together here on Lighthouse Live, here's Because I Am Forgiven. Amen. We'll be back.
because I'm forgiven. That's Phillips, Craig, and Dean on Lighthouse Live. Can you imagine when we get to heaven, you know, and God sets up a little stage there, and he's going to have Philip, Craig's, and Dean cranking that out at about a trillion gigawatts, you know. It's okay with me. Free, uh, well, that would be cool. I mean, it's cool on this side of eternity. It'll be cooler on the other. We want to continue with... Um, uh, with Woody's story, but, uh, our, our friend Brad Wilson, uh, he just development director responsibilities and oversight of <laughs> lots of things at the, at the gospel mission. Brad, man. as you're sitting here listening to these stories, what, what occurs to you as, as a man watching God work through these gentlemen here? Yeah, I, yes, I would just like to take this moment to say the Modesto Gospel Mission is the worst job in the world, as you can tell. <laughs> We so, wish you were a little bit yes. more passionate. <laughs> it's the worst job in the world. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I had to. I want to try and spin some in here as fast as I could about Woody. You know, it's people ask me all the time. Oh, what's your favorite story? What's your favorite story? And it's like, man, how do I even choose? But I'll tell you this: I saw the pain in your guys' eyes when Woody was talking about his first son and how that time span. Well, that's one of my favorite stories at the mission because when I got there, Woody and his wife and all the staff meetings are praying for the kids, praying for the kids, praying for the kids, just wearing everybody out. You got to pray for my kids. We pray for our kids. And you could tell how prayerful they were about their kids. There's, what, seven of them between the two of you? Something like that? Nine. Yeah, okay. Nine. So, yeah, so oh, you can my see. goodness. So there was one missing. Slowly but surely, all over time, God was working in their children's lives. You know, you could just see the evolution of all these prayers, and there was the son that was gone, and I'm going to get all goosebumps. Oh, I, I do too. So. What's coming? As he said, about two years ago, well, he had a vacation planned in Michigan, which is not far from where he grew up, mm-hmm. and he was going to go visit his father. And uh, what, about two weeks before that vacation? So tickets were bought, uh, vacation was set, and he gets a phone call, and... Take a wild guess who it is. Take a wild guess who is married and with kids and who goes to church and is looking for his father. Is that right? Yeah. So there are grandchildren now. So as God, this is the story of the mission. Even in the employees' lives, it's like we always talk about when people come there, him putting people back together. Bam, bam, bam. He just puts people back together. But it's like the wholeness never ends. And we get to see this thing that is so beyond holy and so scary that he just keeps working in people's lives. And we know that's true. But to see him just putting those last pieces of the puzzle together and all of a sudden Woody comes to a staff meeting one day and says, guess what? And he tells that story. So I saw the pain in your guys' eyes when he was telling that story. Yes. Like, oh, the lost little boy. Well, Aww. that that is a, uh, a happy ending, doesn't so even... rejoicing, yeah. celebration, amen. Thank you, Lord. So <laughs> so what do you get this phone call? And um. <laughs> what, what man, what was going through your mind as, as you picked up that receiver? It, well... He'd gotten a hold of my dad. Um, as I said, uh, his mom and I were high school sweethearts. Um, my dad still lives, uh, same hometown. Uh, I, I graduated from the same high school my dad, my, both my <laughs> mom and dad did. Mm. So, uh, it's my, my son knew my folks, um, even after, uh, I was gone. Yeah, he's only so, like three uh, hours away. But that not only yeah. is Woody going there, but there's going to be this reunion because the yeah, son and his family live what two, three hours away. So yeah, that's so he crazy. Lived, he lives about three hours away oh, from, from my dad. So. Sure. What did he say to you? Um, <laughs> that we're still working on that one. <laughs> it, at, you know, after 35 years, mm-hmm. it, it's. Things don't just fall into place. Doesn't happen overnight, does it? It, it doesn't. No. Um, it's a, it's a you know, uh, it, it, 
for I was a drug addict for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have eight felony convictions. Um, I have two strikes. Uh, most of, most of all of my convictions are drugs and violence. And, uh, the last day, last time I, I went to prison, um, I was 47 years old. I knew that when I got out, I would be getting out at 49 years old. And I knew that I would be getting out in state issue without anything to my name. Mm. And I was done. Mm. Uh, the old cliche, sick and tired of being sick and tired yes. is, is the reality of what it takes. And I was. And so before I got out, um, when I was in when I was in Stanislaus County Jail, waiting to, I'd already been sentenced, knew I was going to back to prison. Um, I got involved in a Bible study and, uh, gave my life to Christ there and went to prison, got involved with the, the chaplain in prison, uh, and Eventually, God opened the door for me to become a chaplain's aide <laughs> in prison. <laughs> and when I got out, I uh, the day I got out, I came to the mission. I, you know, I'd given my life to Christ. I, I'd spent i I'd, I'd spent my time in prison doing every uh, correspondence course I could get my hands on, mm-hmm. learning everything mm-hmm. I could. Yes. But I'd never been a Christian on the streets. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to just go out. You know, my experience on the street was as a drug addict. Mm-hmm. So I got out and I went to the gospel mission. Knew about the gospel mission before because I was on the streets in Modesto. And uh, my attitude before I went to prison was... I'm not going there with all those bums. <laughs> and God has a definite sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, that was 10 years ago. Uh, I went through the program at the mission, was hired on staff. Uh, I've been on staff for nine years now. Wow. Wow. Um, Five years ago, um, I was helping another staff member um, move. She was moving from Riverbank into back into Modesto. And uh, the last night I helped her move, uh, she's following me around everywhere I'm going. And, and finally, just before I, I leave, she goes, are you seeing anyone? And uh uh, a year later, we were married. <laughs> and uh, between the two of us, we have nine kids. Uh, you got your own baseball team. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, we're, we, we're very blessed. Uh, all of our kids are adults. They are all out of the house. They are all working. Hmm. They are all doing well. Um, and, and it's, it's, been a blessing. Um, 
Today, I'm a state-certified addiction specialist. Mm. Wow. Um, God has used my life to be able to reach the people that before I put myself in the midst of. Amen. And Woody, the connection with the sun in Michigan, is that still? The, the, the I, still? we're going back there yeah. again, okay. uh, the first of July. Oh, great. And we, we speak during the, we speak regularly during okay. the year. Great. And, uh, we'll, I'll see him again in now, July. Battle Creek, and that's the home of Tony the Tiger. Home of it? Kellogg's Corn Flakes. Yeah. I, I went to W.K. Kellogg Junior High School. <laughs> well, you know, commonality in, in both your stories, Corey and, and Woody, uh, you both had good environments, right, to grow up in at home, uh, good homes. Uh, so some parents may be listening to this broadcast around the world saying, yikes, you know what? What am I supposed to do? What what advice do you have for moms and dads right now? They may be sitting at home listening to your stories, going, "Man, what what about my kids? What what, what do I need to do? What 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 can you tell them to provide them with some wisdom about giving their uh, their children guidance and pointing them in the right direction? Train them up in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it and trust God. Amen. That's kid. We're individuals, and and we're going to make choices, and the choices that we make are not always going to be the best ones for us. As right. as uh, as parents, we want the best for our kids, mm-hmm. but we can't make those choices for them. What we can do is give them the foundation. Absolutely. Amen. What about you, Corey? Anything to add to that? I believe, uh, what he says is 100% true. If my brothers, if my brother wouldn't have kicked me out of his house and just tough loved me, Hmm. but he was a man of God and he knew that the Modesto Gospel Mission had all the tools to Hmm. equip me, Hmm. then it's, that made it the whole, Big a difference, you know. I mean, it's, my brother always was in love with the Lord, but I mean, sometimes I think my mom used to say, "You know what? One of these days you're gonna come home and your bag's gonna be packed and you're out." And I came home and I, that was a reality. She always took me back in, but it was just a reality, and it kind of snapped me out of whatever I was going through. Mm. But I didn't come from a godly family, you know. I mean, my grandmother was a praying grandmother, but she didn't get saved until. She came to Modesto in uh, 2001 when I graduated high school at the Modesto Gospel Mission, and she gave her her life to Christ. But she was always been a praying grandmother and read her word. But I, she got saved at Calvary Chapel, so it was it was it was awesome. awesome. The wisdom that comes from the two of you is just inspiring. Uh, and look what God has done. Can I just say absolutely one more thing? Yes. Mm-hmm. That lifestyle, if anybody out there is just. They're at a place where they don't know how to reach out. They don't know what they're going to do. They don't just, man, speak from your heart mm-hmm. and give God a chance. You know what I mean? Give, just give God a chance to touch your life. Just ask them to come into your life. It's very easy. You know, Lord, uh, I'm at a rough spot in my life. I'm a sinner. Come into my life. It's that easy. And he, he'll do exactly that. Amen. And God is able to restore. It's, uh, mm-hmm. 
I'd been cut off. I cut myself off from my family for most of my adult life. And after I got to the mission and after I got my life turned around, I got a hold of my parents and I hadn't spoken with them for, um, years. And, um, went after, after talking with my, with my parents for months, I, I realized that my mom was in the early stage of Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and, um, and I never, my mom passed away before I ever got the, a chance to see her again. And, but I know that through talking with her that she knew before she passed, she knew that I was safe mm. and that I was where I, where she'd been praying for me for. And when I went home for my mom's funeral, it was the first time that I'd been home in 27 years. And, uh, and, and when I went home, it was like I'd never left. It, it was just family. And, and my family welcomed me with open arms, just like family. And I'm the one that left and I'm the one that pulled away. But, you know, it, it's, you know, to see what God's done is amazing. We welcome our partnership with you guys with open arms. And Brad, once again, thank you for our, our relationship with the Modesto mm-hmm. Gospel Mission. We know that you have some incredible things that you want to share also coming up very, very soon. Do you know? Oh, yes. Yes, we do have uh, <laughs> our usual August backpack event that is on the 11th. So um, that's our big summer push is we're collecting backpacks full of school supplies all summer long. So you can start bringing those uh, to the mission at 1400 Yosemite Boulevard. You can do that around the clock, as most of you know, 24-7. We take uh, donations. Um, and also, we always have a big need for volunteers during that event. So you can help with that event. Um, there's, oh, I don't know, I don't think it's a but it's almost 100 volunteers. Um, we need hair cutters. We need people to work Ooh. the games. So that is a place to, uh, yeah, touch base with the mission. Call Pam um, and get in on the volunteer loop on that. That's a fun event, um, especially for families to volunteer at. So there will be about 2,000 people that come to that event. Um, we collect anywhere from 1,400 to 1,700 backpacks every year. So that is a large pile of backpacks. There's a lot of kids in our area who yeah. need backpacks for school. <laughs> yes. And it's going to be here before we know it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what about a contact number people can talk, call to? 529-8259. 209-529-8259. Again, talking <coughs> with uh, Brad Wilson from the uh, Bedesto Gospel Mission and also uh, Corey and Woody with their dynamic yes. testimony. You know, God is in the business of regeneration, mm. of yes, reconciliation, is. and we can't do it on our own. But, uh, Brad, you, uh, you and, and, and me and a couple other guys are going through an interesting book called Toxic Charity. <laughs> and one of the themes there, Brad, is, uh, I think in the, in our, our Western <coughs> mindset, uh, in, in church, we have done the community great disservice and kind of doing hit and run evangelism. Amen. You know, we go in an area, we sweep in, we ride in in our, you know, white steeds with our shiny armor and, you know, give them a couple of tracks, the sinner's <laughs> prayer to say, get their hands raised, put a couple notches in our gun and we ride off into the sunset and yeah. the poor people are sitting there going, man, what was that? All bad. Right? Yeah. yeah. 
you know, and, and, and here's a perfect example of what's really needed in terms of staying at the table, staying with the stuff mm-hmm. and accepting failures al- along the way as a natural part of the process. Talk about that a little bit. What's needed to really impact lives? What kind of commitment is required? <laughs> Ooh, that was deep. Well said. Uh, yeah, I think that term's been thrown around for a long time, hit and run. And I think, um, you know, our prayer as the church ponders that more. And, and, and what I like about those books is it's well said, Toxic Charity and another book called When Helping Hurts is very useful for people to um, put their, uh, wrap their brains around really the impact of, of 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 being superficial, and so, but I think it's I think it's not um, a, a hopeless situation. I think that it's it's like you pointed out. It's it's dig in, and in the footnote that comes with that is is that we all have our own gifts, hmm. and, and and it can be volunteering uh, to do things at ABC and building wheelchair ramps. It might be digging into the mission, and it's it's all about that. It's not to be afraid and let Satan whisper to you that, oh, there's, you know, uh, you know we can't win, or, or man, you know, you're going to have to, if you really want to serve God, you got to come down to the mission and hang out with um, homeless people. That's not true. It's all about seeking God's face. It's all about finding out what your gifts are and then plugging into that. That's the most fulfilling thing on planet planet earth and as you can see what these guys have done is you know what god did with their life that was his plan for their life and you know we had a chaplain for a long time tim who who didn't that wasn't his life story he didn't um um, wasn't on the streets but it's all it's obviously very helpful it's uh the mission is like um a lot of you know imperfect people helping imperfect people and that's what that's how god wants it but we want to be cool or we want to you know have it be clean and pretty and you know you might not be called to that i really feel like you'll feel natural when you find god's thing um, it it will feel so natural. I mean, I, there are, there are ways, and it's a not bragging. I could say that the mission doesn't stretch me. I don't feel that really at all. Never have. And and when pastors come to me and say, "Oh, oh the medicinal gospel mission," and I think of being a pastor and and people fighting over silly things or the color of the carpet, I think I would have scratched my face off and they have this amazing patience to to mentor people in that place and you know i was you know born for the mission and so it's it's just like a glove and so i think that that's the encouragement to the church is hey get in find your place and yes it is about digging in but don't feel like you know god's going to put you in some he may oh he may stretch you i mean you know that <laughs> he may put you in a, in a very interesting stretching oh, machine yeah. Yeah, but but a lot of times it, sh- it should feel like a fit you should just god oh the more you seek his face and the more you reach that place he's going to Put you where you belong. You know that that is such a great point because oftentimes we try to fit square pegs into round mm-hmm. holes or round pegs into square holes, however it goes. And God has given us gifted us all in different ways, and and I believe that He's gifted different congregations in different ways too. Mm-hmm. No one congregation, no one individual is expected to do it all. We're, ex- right. we're expected to to function as parts of a body, function together. And, uh, preach, brother. Preach. Yeah, well. Preach it, brother. <laughs> you, and, and you've been around a little bit. I think there's a wonderful dynamic here in our area where at least there's an openness yes. to working with each other and not worrying about who gets the credit, yes. but just put our, you know, hands to the plow and, and start pointing in the right direction, just answering God's call, as you said, yeah. in our areas of God-giftedness. Yeah, well, amen. That's, that's part of it is, is a lot of times we want to tell God what we want to do mm-hmm. instead yeah. of listening truth, yes. to yes. God tell us, mm-hmm. I want to use you here. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I, and, and I resonate with that because, you know, like 22 years ago, I didn't even know what a Modesto was. You know? <laughs> I grew up in Pasadena, for goodness sakes. And, and, and he, I didn't know where, where it was. And, yeah. but, but, you know, God, That's, God yeah. has those mid-course corrections for yes, us. And, yeah. and we really do have to be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit on a moment-by-moment basis so we don't miss those cues, don't we? No, oh, no. Yeah, and and he, you know, these kinds of things, the more complicated they get and the more you need the Holy Spirit in those situations, you know, it's like, hey, good luck doing it on your own, you know. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will give you um, victory in these kinds of situations and in your ministry and doing things for the kingdom. Um, but if you're just sort of out there like the Lone Ranger doing it on your own or not, you know, seeking his face, it's like, hey, good luck on that uh, train wreck that you got coming. You know? Guys, yeah. this has been an incredible hour. Corey, Woody, Brad from the Modesto Union Gospel mission thank you for sharing your stories your heart your mission the worst job in the world yeah we can tell you hate it now we love you you love your jobs god bless you all thank you and precious friends wherever you're listening to us to this broadcast thank you we love you god continue to bless you as you reach out and love your neighbors as you love yourselves god bless you good night